Hey everybody, welcome to the Riley and Ian Movie Review Podcast. I am your host, Riley, and I'm here with Mr. Ian. Wait a minute, what, what's going on with Ian over there? Oh my god, I think Ian is evolving. He's evolved into Julian. Ah! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, my form is the change. I have become oh, a new oh, man. I have aged. I have aged by 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a thing to go through in an instant, let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, Ian, Ian's not here. I got my buddy Julian instead. Hello, hello, hello. I'm along um, with his evolution. Uh, his his mic his mic quality has improved slightly, not by much, but slightly. <laughs> so we're here to talk about a movie, not the weird Swedish movie we promised last time, but rather Scent of a Woman. Perhaps the yeah. weirdest name I've ever heard for a movie. Yeah, it, uh, they probably could have gone better about naming it. It sounds pretty, pretty misogynistic. Matt, you see, now I, I know why it's called that now. But, like, yeah. we've been talking about this for weeks, and I kept forgetting to rent the movie. So, like, I'm just like, why the fuck is it called Scent of a Woman? Just in the back of my head for weeks, as Julian's like, yeah, you got to watch this movie, dude. It's super good. And I'm like, yeah, but why is it called this strange name? <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, it's not, it doesn't even play all that much into what the movie's about, too, which is why I'm like, you know, could have could have gotten better about about choosing that name, but it's it, it's cool. I mean, it, it's cool. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But um, yeah, speaking of what the movie is about, we usually give a little like one paragraph summary about it, and you seem to be the expert. So, Julian, why don't you tell us about Central Woman? So, Scent of a Woman is a movie that came out in the 90s, uh, and it's about this uh, young man named Charlie who's going to a private high school in New Hampshire. It's this fancy place, and he needs he's kind of poor. He got there on scholarship, so he needs to get money to uh, go home for uh, Christmas by taking care of this old, blind ex-colonel for... Um, like a, a few days over over the holiday weekend and from there uh deep sadness and hilarity ensues <laughs> i really liked this movie julian i was i was a, i was skeptical but once i actually watched it i was like man this is he was right <laughs> yeah it's it's um it's an intense movie. Like, it's one of my favorites. I've probably seen it seven or eight times over the course of my life, and the definitely uh, four times in the past three years is kind of showing it to people. And it's, um, yeah, it hits, it hits a little harder every time. It's very, it's very beautiful. It is. It really fucking is. This was a, this is a really long movie, uh, two, two hours and 37 minutes. And, um, as I've explained multiple times on this show, when we watch shitty movies, it takes me like five sessions to get through an hour and a half movie. 
this two and a half hour movie only took me two sessions to get through, so you can tell it was good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is a little on the longer side for... Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I guess I guess that's the only thing I've ever disliked about it, is it's, it's a little long. I wish it was longer. I want more. I want more of these people. Of Frank Slade. <laughs> I do want more of Frank Slade. Frank Slade is awesome. Yeah, no, definitely. This was the first movie um, Al Pacino won the Oscar for, which is mind blowing that he actually didn't win it for The Godfather, um, Part One or Part Two. But this, the, this one, I mean, he certainly deserved it for this one, no doubt. And it's, um, yeah, he, he, and the crazy part is he doesn't even necessarily carry the movie. His his um, castmate uh, Chris O'Donnell for in in the role of Charlie and it knocks it out of the park too. Yeah, they're both really good. The dynamic was really interesting, and now I understand your comparison to a buddy cop movie when we were talking about it initially at work. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little it's a little like that with um yeah, just their their dynamic, you know, boy Charlie versus crass rude old son of a bitch Frank Slade. Um yeah, super, super. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you liked it, dude. Yeah, because I've seen it, I've seen it um, many, many times, and I, it's always been a favorite of mine. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't know what to expect. I didn't do any like prior research. Ex- just wondering in the back of my mind, what could the movie Scent of a Woman be? <laughs> and then I actually watched it, and I'm like, oh man, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it it's freaking excellent. Do we? So do we do spoilers on here? Oh yeah, definitely. We we basically do this show under the assumption that everybody who's listening is has seen the movie or doesn't plan to watch it. Excellent. Okay, good. Yeah, I didn't want to go too into specifics yet because I was like, um, yeah, yeah. We give the we basically give the paragraph summary for anybody who doesn't actually care to watch the movie, and we assume everyone else has actually seen it. Perfect. 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 That helps. Um. Yeah, no. Overall, I, I one of the reasons I keep coming back to the movie. It's it's ballsy as hell. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta admit for a movie to kind of take, um, to task the idea of suicide the way this movie does. Which yeah, other yeah. There's the first spoiler alert. If this movie <laughs> sounded fun in the description to some extent, but it is very heavily about the moral implications of suicide. Yeah, I remember the sadness part. Uh, suicide. <laughs> Sorry. Oops. <laughs> Suicide does not happen, thankfully enough. I was almost expecting it to. Yes, no, it it is. You, there is not a suicide in the movie, but there is very nearly one. There is very nearly a murder suicide in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as if uh, as if the stakes weren't high enough, they definitely throw you with a yeah the, the good old murder suicide. Do you think, okay, the first, like, question about, like, the movie and its meaning, do you think he was entirely serious in that regard about killing Charlie, or was it just to scare him off? I think he was trying to scare Charlie off, personally. I think he, I think he was, you know, I think he was a little drunk, and he was all, he's kind of an unstable individual anyway, but I, I don't think he actually would harm Charlie. Yeah, I, I don't think, think that was his intent, but I do think he would have, were the circumstances to be right, because he was out of his mind at that point. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I think that he does. He may. I don't know. Maybe he had a little bit of of a dislike for Charlie because Charlie was, you know, in his in a, his extremely cynical mind. You know, Frank was so cynical. He probably viewed Charlie as painfully naive. I mean, he put on a damn convincing act if he wasn't serious about killing Charlie. Because at that moment, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But good on Charlie for having balls to not leave, um, you know, when given the opportunities. Like, he's yeah, I feel like at that, that moment, even if, I w even if I was in his shoes and I did have legitimate care for this man, once the gun got pointed at me, I'd be like, okay, bye. I I'm know, yeah. my life here. Oh, Yeah. The one yeah. thing I wondered around this movie, like, obviously there was the selfless thing of uh, Charlie not wanting this man to die because he had developed a defection for him. Then there's also the fact that uh, I feel like that woman from the beginning of the movie would have him arrested were he to be responsible for the man and him to have killed himself. <laughs> that's, that's probably true, yeah. It's like, that's kind of the um, definition of failing to look after someone. <laughs> 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 Perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, I guess she. I think he was. Uh, he was her uncle. That woman. I keep on. For some reason, when I think about it, I'm like, he's, he's your grandpa, but no, he's her uncle. And uh, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed if I was like, hey, take care of my fucking uncle for the weekend, and some kid just let him shoot himself. Yeah. That I feel like at that point, that's. I feel like there's some sort of law against that, right? Like, if you're responsible for a human being and that human being dies under your watch. I think you could have a certain... When it's a child, when it's a child, it's child neglect. But I feel like even if it's an adult, there's something there. Yeah, I, I definitely think you could be, like, sued for, you know, and in, in civil court, I think you would lose probably because you took the responsibility over this person who needed aid. And then, you, you know, you kind of, if you failed as badly as, like, Charlie would have, if... Frank were to have offed himself, then um, yeah, I think he'd probably be. I feel like Charlie failed pretty pay. badly right out the gate. That he was just supposed to keep this guy in his house and keep him from drinking <laughs> too much, and then he let him take him to fucking New York. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I always think about that whenever I see the movie. I'm like Charlie, you don't need to roll over this hard for. You could just be like, no, Colonel Slade, no, we're not. <laughs> Sit down, Colonel. We're not going to New York today. Yeah, that's, take your that medication and much. go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad that uh, she doesn't even question it though. When like they show up at the end in like a limousine and you know, we don't even like, see oh, her again. Oh, that's we true. Don't even I don't see her reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah, we see the kids and they're like, "Well, whatever." <laughs> Also, just real quick, I I do this in almost every fucking review. That lady who played the wife in that family, extremely attractive. She was, yeah, no, she definitely had that like very nineties. I don't know what I don't even know how to describe that as this particular stuff. Yeah, like the curly hair, like the, just kind of like the cute nineties lady aesthetic. So very good, good on her. That's how we get Julian back into romance as we send him in a time machine back to the nineties. Shit, that might do it. <laughs> that might do it. I might be like, oh my god. 
<laughs> oh my god, the nineties ladies. It's too much. Now the lady during the tango scene also to even just just like talk about the fucking tango scene, which is awesome. Lady in the tango scene, she was very she was gorgeous. She had a, a very, very elegant look about her. But that was I love that that scene. Not even because He's not the a tango great scene. I loved it, but also there was a little bit of uh, this is a little weird. Yeah, well, it was. It's weird because yeah, I don't think I have ever known anyone to be that like aggressive on with hitting on somebody. And like you know, in the in the scene, it works out just fine. And like she's not like super weird. I love how it started as Frank funny. trying to like wingman Charlie into hitting on her, and it turns into him <laughs> fucking tangoing with her. <laughs> I know when she must have been amazing. Like, good on you, Frank, being blind and just like no one else is even dancing. That's the other thing. Like, could you imagine being in a restaurant? I could never quite figure out in the movie whether he was completely blind or if he was just like blurry. (laughs) I gotta assume he was like all, if not like total darkness blind, like you know, a sneeze away from total darkness blind. Because there were a couple lines in the movie that sort of made it seem like he could see the characters. Besides. Obviously, there was that smell thing at the end, but that was the little scent of a woman thing. But even before that, there were moments where, like, it seemed like he could see, like, what Charlie looked like or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, and he he makes, like, some sort of remarks towards, like, the the environment. He, yeah, you could kind of imagine he might have, like, you could see, like, shapes. And they say that he used to be able to see shapes, but I don't know, maybe he still can kind of tell light for, I don't know. Yeah, it's, maybe. I might be looking a little too deeper here, but, like, I feel like those lines sort of dissipated throughout the movies. Do you think maybe he got, like, blinder during the events of this movie? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he did. Like, through all the chaos of New York City somehow made him blinder? I mean, he he drinks enough that he may have gotten blinder. Like, that would be (laughs) a hell of a drinking game to play to try to keep up pace with him. Just, like, shot for shot with Colonel Slade. Every shot Colonel Slade takes, you have to take a shot. Yeah, you'd be devastated by the end of the movie. He did it so much. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, like Blade Runner's got nothing on the amount that Frank Slade drinks. Freaking How decorative. many shots does he take in that movie? Like, a, many. A large amount. A large quantity, indeed. Yeah, he'll sometimes just, like, down an entire glass of whiskey. Like, never mind a shot. He'll just, like, fill it up and be like, glug, glug, I'm thirsty. Like, it just, it, yeah, way, way much. So maybe he got a little blinder from that. Alcohol is, um, I think, moonshine. Can when Char- <laughs> when Charlie drop. tries to tell the waiter to get him water instead of alcohol, and he's like, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, that's see, that's something that I'm like, did he? Could he see? Could he see him? Kind oh of yeah, because like he didn't even say the word water. He just like pointed to the glass and mouthed it at him. Yeah, no. So either he has like ridiculously good hearing and could just immediately infer that this kid was going to have him water down the drink, or he could see a little bit. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's a freaking it's killer, man. I, I really do love that movie. It's crazy that Al Pacino um, was also so convincingly blind. Like, for not being blind. Oh, yeah, that was really, that was really good throughout the movie where, like, he would never, like, make eye contact with people because he's obviously supposed to be a blind character. Like, you'd see his eyes just, like, vacantly somewhere because he's, you know, he's blind. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's so persuasive. I don't even know how somebody could do that because I, 
When I was in college, there was a, a guy, one of my buddies was doing um, a scene from that movie for class, and, like, he could not mimic that, you know, that, like, vacant expression that Pacino had the entire time, looking like an actual blind person whose wandering eyes just, like, could aimlessly scatter through the, you know. And he couldn't do it, and we ended up having to get him, you know, some, um, like, fake blind person's glasses to do it for him, because otherwise you, you you totally tell he was, like, looking at things. And I, I don't think I could do that either. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, you'd have to be really good to just not even, like, your eyes just, like, um, would instinctively dart to, like, whoever's, like, talking to you or, like, to a noise that you heard. Yeah, yeah, it would it would be weird not to just like I can't even like actively control. control the movement of my eyes at all. It just kind of happens subconsciously. Totally. Yeah, no, it's it's like I've actively yeah, like looked right into right a now. mirror. Like I've actively like looked into a mirror and tried to be like tried to like move my eyes to the left and I can't do it. It's entirely a subconscious function. Yeah, it's 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 really freaking difficult. Like I'm trying to vacantly look around the room without snapping into focus on objects and I can't like I'll I snap into focus on damn yeah that's I don't know how he did that I don't know how he pulled that off yeah it turn, turns you, out Al. Al Pacino talented guy who knew yeah who knew what the hell <laughs> I that guy was pathetic <laughs> yeah not real actor fucking amateur yeah no he's uh he's a fucking he plays legend. himself in every movie he frees himself. Yeah, thank God he. Thank God for Al Pacino. Am I right or am I right? I don't think I've really actively seen like a movie in which Al Pacino took a starring role until I watched this. Have you seen The Godfather? No. Oh damn! Well, yeah, he's obviously great in that too. That's that was his, uh, you know, other big big thing. Yeah, I've heard all the crazy shit about, like, The Godfather. How it's so good. It's one of the best movies of all time. Everybody loves it. And I'm like, eh, maybe later. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it is really good. It's a very different kind of movie. Like, I've never, yeah, that's, I guess that's a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if all goes according to plan, I'm almost certain we'll get to The Godfather, wink, wink. Yeah, 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 Godfather. It's another two and a half something hour movie, but I'm yeah. sure it is. I'm glad that um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that Al Pacino won for this role because it was so, so very very powerful. I I will say I'm a little um bummed though that I don't believe Chris O'Donnell ever got any real substantial recognition for his performance as Charlie, which um. Which kind of bums me out. I think he did an excellent job. The the like serious fear in his eyes and like the like silent tears streaming down his face during that um, almost murder suicide scene is like oh my god. I think it's just like you know in general like you know your general audiences, which I fall into because I also have this opinion, will cling to the more like bombastic crazy character in that move in this movie this case it's definitely frank slade just going like hua and going into crazy chaos for the entire movie <laughs> yeah yeah no he's he's definitely like 
low-key the main character because i mean the entire point of the movie revolves around the question as to whether or not frank slade should off himself like you know whether even though he Charlie should didn't... kill himself i guess there were like moments that are like maybe maybe we should get rid of this man maybe you know take, he could take one for the team yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's that's what I think the movie's about. Actually, hot. Take, when he walks into the Thanksgiving party and just like hits on the guy, hits on his brother's wife, and like, just yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That that scene is so uncomfortable because he's such a bastard. Like he's actually such a dickhead there that it's like, yeah, I could see why no one likes this dude. <laughs> like, this would be unfortunate. I can't. I can't imagine doing that. Just like walking into a fucking holiday party uninvited and hitting on your brother's wife. Yeah, he's so rude during that entire thing. And even then, the scene ends up kind of spinning towards a more sympathetic Frank with the, um, you know, revelation that he kind of overstated his military splendor to Charlie. And, you know, that that is, is really, you know, you can tell he's really torn up about the fact that he had, you know, drunkenly. I mean, in that scene, I hated Randy off. a lot more than I hated Slay. Exactly. Yeah. You think Randy sucks, even though Randy's been getting shit from Frank all night. It's like, you know, you, you can't help. But I, ne- I nearly cheered when Randy got fucking slammed by Slade. I was like, that's a piece of shit. Kill that man. He's I know. Should be offing oh. himself. I know. Yeah, that's that's what's cool about. It. Yeah, I think that's literally the uh the point of the movie. I think that it was about um steel manning an argument for someone um yeah, for like what is this man's life is practically over and he's made plenty of mistakes and on top of it he has so many powerful character flaws that perhaps not only he but the world would be better without him and then showing you at the end that no no no. He did a lot of good in the end. He has, you know, there's, there's every human being is very important, even if you think they're, they're through. It's, it's, it's a really, that's what I mean. It's just, it's a ballsy thing to, to take that, um, to take to task the idea of suicide in, in a movie. It's very complicated and very difficult to talk about. And they, to even take the idea of suicide and then steel man an argument for it in the character. It's it's remarkable that they pulled that off. Now, what I'm curious about, and the question this kind of brings up, this movie in general kind of brings up, to talk about it in general, just like, do you think suicide can be good? Do you think, like, if a person's, like, on the edge enough, they should or should at least have the option to just, you know, end game at that point? Well, I think the movie takes the, the powerful stance that the answer to that is no, it's never right. I personally it's think it's a powerful it's stance. Yeah, that's such an uncommon stance on suicide that you shouldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, yeah, the movie's like, no, it's bad. You shouldn't do it. <laughs> um, How stunning yet brave. But, yeah, no, the... I think that the... Well, what's, that's what's interesting, though, about the movie is it, 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 even though it obviously in the end is like, is, is very strongly against the idea of suicide, it at least presents to the audience the arguments for it. And, and the, you know, in a, in a case like Frank Slade, he, like I said, you know, the, the movie spends lots of time basically showing you why this dude wants to kill himself and why he maybe should. And it's, 
It's yeah, it's just interesting because Frank Slade is, you know, even though he's he's very interesting to watch, he is totally a piece of shit, and he totally made a bunch of major, major, major mistakes throughout his life. That are, you know, he's an unmarried old, um, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. He blew himself up with a grenade, and he's blind now, and he, he yeah, he has no, he lives alone in a guest house in the dark, getting drunk. Like, there's not not a lot happy to say about him. And then, you know, by the end of the movie, he goes through that whole adventure, and then he becomes a good man again. He, he's playing with his kids that he was fucking the throwing pillows at before. <laughs> and... Yeah. Yeah, he, he decides that life is, is worth uh, his participation in. And, and it's true. That's, I love that they make uh, Slade... Basically, Charlie's savior, and you know, you you get the feeling throughout the movie that whatever it is that Charlie's going to go on to do after his career at this little school, it's going to be awesome, you know. And it's totally at risk if he gets screwed by this, you know, by Trask and these other, you know, rich kids who could easily just toss him under the bus and get him expelled and just send him straight back to the convenience store in Oregon. Um, but yeah, that big the climax at the end, that was like the biggest scene in the movie for me. Like we'll talk about mm-hmm. our favorite part and I'll get this brought up again, but like just, you know, Charlie's just in there alone and he's about to get screwed and then, you know, Frank Frank comes on in and fucking just like takes over the whole place and he's like, You guys suck. Charlie's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, yeah, what a what a monologue. Like the, uh, yeah, that would have been a really, really amazing role to be able to play. But the, yeah, no, for him to be able to come in at the end and then be the, the savior for Charlie in spite of everything they went through. And also, he almost just shot Charlie. Like, once again, the murder suicide thing is, is definitely a big whoa moment. But he, he, you know, goes from almost killing himself and Charlie to completely saving Charlie's soul, as, he, as, as Frank puts it. You know, they're, he put it pretty bluntly that they were going to be executing this young man's soul when he, all he was doing was working hard to make his life better. He got there on scholarship and he was busting his ass every night working at the library and studying hard. Just it's he, he's in spite of everything wrong with him. It was right for him not to kill himself because of he still had plenty of good to do in the world. And there's, you know, there's the, the teacher lady at the end who wants to have some, coffee with him sometime and, and talk about his time on Lyndon B. Johnson's staff and that's a really cool little glimmer of hope. He found his he found his hope. He he had given up on finding a woman. <laughs> this character is much like you in a way, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's I'm I am Frank Slade with the eyes still in fact. <laughs> Oh, You're Frank Slade, but you can see the bo- woman, which makes it even worse. Which makes it even worse. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's uh, yeah. At least I'm not as like I am a little bit of a Grinch, but I'm not as much of a bummer as as Slade is. He's like, if I was like him, I think they'd have fired me a while back at work. <laughs> 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 They don't buy from you, and you're like, that's a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think he'd make it very long in a call center. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Speaking of, there's just a real quick joke about call centers. Um, 
when our buddy Brian was driving me home from work uh, yesterday. I think it was yeah, yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, the, the, my days off usually blur by. I can't tell them one from the other. <laughs> yeah, I ran into my old uh, my old friend's father, and she she's a very aggressive person. And I guess and her father mentioned she was looking for a job. And like I mentioned that they usually hire anybody who applies, but I'm like, no, nah, she'd probably actually get fired within the first weeks, so maybe not. Because <laughs> like knowing her, the first time the customer's rude to her, she'd be rude right back, and they'd be like, no, you can't do that. You gotta go. That's an instant. Yeah, I think that's like it's probably instant termination. I would think. I assume there'd be like one warning if it wasn't too intense. If you don't like cuss them out. Like, if you're just, like, kind of sassy back to them, I assume they'd call you to the office and be like, hey, you can't do that. And then at that point, after that, it would be an instant termination. That's what I'd expect. Yeah, that's probably pretty reasonable. Because if you're just kind of sassy and sarcastic, they might be like, hey, I get it. That person was super rude, but you can't, like, belittle them. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't bully your customers in a sales job as much as you may want Believe to. it or not. Um, Believe it or not, I know you. I know it's in crazy, crazy thought. But... <laughs> yeah, that doesn't usually that doesn't sell things very well if you take a shit on your fucking client. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no. Um. Yeah, yeah. No, Frank Slay would not do very well. And the, Charlie, on the other hand, now Charlie, I bet you know he's a little mild mannered, so maybe he would not pursue selling with the confidence that he needed to, but he, uh, I bet he'd do just fine. <laughs> it's going to become a theme with me and Julian reviewing movies is, uh, how would each of these characters perform at a call center? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, that's, I think that's a very good question to get some insight onto some characters. You, that is true. You, you know, that, that actually is a good point. It's an interesting thought to have. How about old George? You think he'd he'd do good at the call center? <laughs> oh, George, I bet would actually—I hate to say it—I think George would crush it, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, the way he he sold Charlie several times on some stupid things. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> definitely. I find it yeah, funny George that they. Inv I, I find it funny that they invited Charlie on their like little escapade. Like, I feel like. Even if Charlie did have $1,200 that he could scrounge up, they might be like, oh, I didn't think you could actually do that. Uh, um, maybe. Oh, yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. No, those kids were those kids were terrible. That's, that, that's the interesting thing. Like, wh what do you think? Do you think Charlie was making the right call in not informing on them? Oh, no, definitely not. I, I would have snitched immediately. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's a it's a hard thing. Yeah, I actually don't know. Especially but... with Harvard on the table, like at that point, the moral switches off. Like, yeah, it was them. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I want my shot at a great future. It was them. Put me in Harvard. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. Like, I get. I don't know. It's hard because, like, on the one hand, Charlie is lying when they ask him if he knows whether or not, or who you know, who did this, who absolutely you know, this destroyed. This movie does take place in America. You could be like, "Yeah, I know who it is." No, I'm not saying. I have the right not to say. Yeah, I no, feel he, like he well, could he sue. Totally I feel could. like he could sue the school at that point, theoretically. 
if they kicked no, him out. He probably for... the, the school can have, like, separate rules outside of the government. The government can't force him to say anything, but the, the private school could be like, you know, if you don't tell us this information about, you know, necessary disciplinary uh, offenses, we... I feel uh, like there'd be a case for it, at least. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think that's also why Frank won it for him at the end, is he's like, are you seriously gonna, like, ruin this kid's life because he won't sell out his friends to, like, get into Harvard? Like, that's that's seriously what you're gonna... You're gonna try to say you're creating leaders and you're telling this kid, unless he jumps ship on his buddies so that he can go to Harvard and they can all be expelled, you're gonna expel him. <laughs> And I mean, That's like, it. I think it's kind of like a two sides of the coin thing where even though the kids do sort of come off at assholes and they do screw Charlie over, I feel like there is still somewhat of like a friendship there just based on like the reaction of the rest of the school. Because like the same kids who were cheering about the milk balloon that got them in the mess in the first place were cheering for Charlie in the in the court thing. So I imagine mm-hmm. like even even it's just like a double edged sword of like the life they lead and not wanting to get kicked out of the school. They still have some sort of like respect for each other except at the end i don't think george is very happy with charlie but like other than that oh yeah no george is just kind of a total scumbag yeah i don't think he was super thrilled with him either but but no i think there was i think that's why charlie also wouldn't say anything because you know he, he must have been there must have been something between him and those kids and it's yeah it's that's a really hard question like I, I'm, I'm it's interesting also that frank says he also doesn't know whether or not charlie's silence is right or wrong because it's very hard to say i don't know he's he's literally lying to the yeah he has a great life on the line and he could do a lot of good with such a great life and he's lying when he's being asked a question so that's not right but at the same time like yeah do you literally take a bribe to get your friends expelled when they just played a prank that Honestly, the headmaster kind of deserved. I mean, I feel like once a bribe is big enough, and a bribe of getting into Harvard for free is a bribe of, like, a million dollars, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Like, like, at some point, at some point, the bribe becomes, like, you have to, like, turn your morals off at that point, realistically, as a human being. Like... Once you get to, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, like, something that could set your future for a determined period of time. Yeah. Dude, hot take. I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'd have um, sold them out. It's hard. It's, it's really hard to say. It's, it's hard to say. It's not hard to say for me because, like, I'm not – I know I'm not a perfect person. If I was put – if I was put – like, if you – if you and my other friends at work like exploded a balloon in our boss's car and our boss offered me like $500,000 to rat you out, I probably would. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> no! That was... Hello, hello. Oh, hey, there you are. There I am. I fixed it. I think it says it's recording, so... Yeah, the... Recording bear seems to be in the chat. Yeah, the recording bear. It's Craig. It's Craig, a, you're a, a long-time friend. <laughs> but, um, yeah, sorry if we cut off, like, in the middle of a sentence or something, because uh, Craig just kind of dips. So we're yeah. back now, and we're, I guess we're just going to kind of start our conversation from the beginning about school authority, about Julian's <laughs> tragic backstory.
<laughs> the lore. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, uh, yeah. I initially liked this movie because of the middle finger to school administration, um, in in a broad sense. Even though this was a private school and I went to public school, and that's you know it's completely different. Like you know. It's similar stuff, the, like, smug rule following... At public school, they can't form a Supreme Court to get you expelled. <laughs> That's true. That would not happen. Can you imagine? The entire student body and the inf- whole disciplinary community gathering to... <laughs> Julian? <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that would be... Bedlam. I feel like everyone would, no one would take it seriously from the students like they did with all the little suit wearing like private school kids. If they made us all like go to the cafeteria to like try a couple of kids by like court hearing as to whether or not they were telling the truth about some kids who played a prank, everyone would be like, this is fucking stupid. You and your brother sat in front of the student body because you committed a grievous crime against the principal. Oh, man. Yeah, if I... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that... I, I Luckily... <laughs> if you and Adrian popped a milk balloon you on your principal's car... <laughs> oh, God. We would probably get in trouble, but I don't think, like... I don't think in public school they can, like, get that offended by pranks to where they literally expel you on the spot. True. But, I mean, was that milk? Was it milk? Was it paint? If it was paint, then that's, like, such a serious act of vandalism that oh, maybe yeah. Charlie 100% should have. Then, oh, God. Yeah, that'd be terrible. That actually would kind of not even be funny at all. <laughs> I thought it was milk, but I couldn't tell for sure. I have to hope it was milk, just because that would actually be so cruel if it was paint. Like, that would be so wrong. Extremely so. Yeah, that was so much paint on his brand new Jaguar. So much paint on him. That that must have been a long shower. Oh, God, yeah, ruined his suit, no doubt. That thing is just done. No dry cleaner's going to fix that. Like The difference between his car being forever ruined and his car smelling bad, smelling of spoiled milk, much like Julian's car, actually. Yes, that is true. It, it, it is only a recent development that it no longer smells of spoiled milk. <laughs> no, there's, there's hints. There's faint hints. I really hope eventually it goes away. Like for the uninitiated, I there was an experiment done with a pickle going into some milk, and then that milk with the pickle yeah. If, you, if you've listened to Pixels, you've heard this, and you've heard all of my friends turn it into a penis joke. But here's the real story from the man who experienced it. Oh God, I didn't know that there was already info on it out there. Yeah, basically. I, yeah, I told I, the story yeah. on Pixels during our bullshit segment, just because I had nothing else to talk about, and all of my friends just made it into a penis joke. I could see it being made into a penis joke. I mean, it, 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 like, it's halfway to a penis. Yeah, we, we stuffed some pi- Like, on a dare, I had a, a friend stuff some pickles into some Nesquik strawberry milk and drink it. And, of course, it was bad. 
And so she didn't finish it, so she put it in the car on the way home, and then my brother got in the car later and knocked it onto the ground and accidentally stepped on it, and the pickle milk went everywhere. And, you know, vinegar and spoiled milk with strawberry sugar in it doesn't create a great aroma. No, it really doesn't. <laughs> Sadly, so that'll be a... I remember, like, the, the smell started to dissipate as more and more time started to go by, but I remember the first time Julia never drove me home from work. It was still decently ripe. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, God, this is horrible. Yeah, I'm glad it's warm weather around these parts because that means I could just, like, at that, at that time I could just drive around with the windows down and that would be okay. <laughs> the cars that drive by are like, Jesus Christ, what is that? Yeah, so pickle milk, that, there it is. But yeah, no, the paint is, I would, I would go so far as to wager that I'd be way more To Pixel's listeners, this is him. This is the pickle milk car guy. It's official. I am, I am here. I am real. He's real. He exists. I'm more than just a, a meme. (laughs) This is not a joke story I made up. This is the man who actually experienced this. They do say truth is stranger than fiction, man. Pickle milk. Pickle milk. The truth is stranger than fiction. That's the name of the documentary they make about us. <laughs> I would love it if, yeah, if, hey, if that was literally a tagline for a documentary, I'd be like, sign me the fuck out. Forget Tiger King. I'm watching what would this. They... I feel like that's a pretty good candidate. Do you have any alternate names of what they would call a documentary about me, you, and our other friends in our time at our workplace? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, actually, no. I kind of think that would be the funniest thing if you call it pickle milk, <laughs> stranger than fiction. That would be great. Pretty good. <laughs> um, do you think that Charlie went on to Harvard anyway? Do you think that that was still like in the works, or do you think that you know he might may not be expelled, but he might just have to go to like a, I don't know, any other Ivy League school? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was really the cost that was the problem for Charlie. So, like, he could even get a scholarship to even Harvard. He just had to apply for it rather than having the man himself just be like, you get in. Yeah, and he did get the the scholarship to the Baird School, which is, I mean, like, gorgeous campus also. Yeah, for, for people who have not seen it, like, wow, that would be cool to go to school there. Is that, like, where was that film? Was that a set or was that a real location? I'm, I think, like, I know for sure it was filmed um, on one of the Ivy League campuses. I think it was Yale, actually, that parts of it were filmed on for the out, outside shots. Um, the inside shots. the shot, inside was sets, yeah. Yeah, it was sets, and I think they, like, rented out, like, a downtown New York, like, boys' academy because they liked the, um, like, the high schoolish aesthetic that they, that it gave. So I think like for the interior shots they filmed there and then the ac- exterior they did a, they, they did at Yale. I think. Or it was it was definitely an Ivy League school, but I'm pretty sure it was Yale. 
Yeah. Um, would be cool to go to Yale. Like, yeah, that aired school, Yale, you know, real or fiction. Yeah, fucking that. It would be very cool to go to a, a, a gorgeous campus like that. The architecture on there was very, very pretty. Would suck to have to dress up in a suit literally every day. But, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it'd be very hard to perform at an Ivy League school. Like if by some fluke you ended up there and you weren't ready for it, you get. (laughs) Yeah, you're pretty fucked if you don't. Yeah, if you're not ready to like rock when you get into those. I would, I would love to to attend one of those, but I don't. I I don't know. It's not that it would be a, an easy time. Yeah, Julian's got big life goals. You got to get into a nice college. You got to. Did you get did you get a degree? I came just shy of getting a degree. I had to drop out a semester early okay. because I got a serious sum, stomach problem that Okay, yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Sucks. But like all the friends it. who I have who are old enough to have been to college, like went to college and then dropped out. Yeah, the big problem with college, like that definitely wasn't a problem in um you know, the time of scent of a woman is that it's way, way, way expensive now, like even more so than back then. And most of like most people don't get jobs in their field out of college. It's not even just, you know, like you, you would a lot of the times hear rumors in, um at least I would in high school, like, well, that's because people are going for like philosophy majors or they were foolish like I was. I was going for an acting degree. And um they were saying, like, well, but, well, you know, for people who are pursuing those degrees, they're not getting jobs because there's not a job market that's sizable enough for the amount of people graduating with those degrees. But that's also just not true. There are a ton of people I've met that are around my age, like, out at work and a lot of these other jobs I've, I've been to that don't even have anything as far as prospects going in their um, field of study. And, you know, they, they'll have a degree in business and marketing and um, – you know, in psychology, I mean, a bachelor's in psychology also doesn't get you all, all that much. But, you know, these people have, have been through four years of college, left with tens of thousands of dollars of debt and are getting, you know, entry level, no skill jobs. That's pretty terrible. Oh, yeah, that's that's rough. If you go through college for years, get a good degree and then you're fucking like working a fucking Walmart job. Then you yeah, found I mean, yourself in an unfortunate position. Yeah, it'd be it'd be really it sucks. And the yeah, the the debt is just terrible. You have to pay that off. And like you know, they they do they work with you as as much as maybe you could expect reasonable if you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt. But you know, you're still tens of thousands of dollars in the red right as soon as you're know, starting your life. I actually know somebody who works for like people who, like, call up and try to help people with their student loan shit. Yeah, I bet that's a... That would be an interesting kind of, like, call... Is it, like, a call center sort of deal? It's a call center sort of deal, but it's, like, it's inbound. Like, you're... Like, people are calling them. Sometimes he makes outbound calls, and those are... Those are the interesting ones. Those are the ones where they're like, I'm not paying my student debt. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah, I bet that's like, you know, if, yeah, oh, my God, people must be furious about that. I never take those calls because I know who they're like, what am I going to do? Pick up and be like, I don't have the money. And they're like, OK, well, you know, like, 
They uh, the police will be there within up. the day. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine having to do outbound calls like that. But yeah, Char- like Charlie at least was living in a time where you know if you, most people weren't going to college. So if you went and you got a, a degree, especially at the level he was operating at, you you know he would be good. So maybe are we kind of reapproaching that at this point? Like a lot of people are starting to understand the reality that most people in college aren't going to do shit so they're just skipping college oh yeah i think we're moving back in that direction i think for a bunch of reasons we're moving back in that direction it's it's so expensive and people are yeah they're they're seeing their returns on the jobs and so some of the teachers that aren't completely you know which is a good amount of them but there are some teachers who are just who will tell kids that they absolutely must attend university otherwise they're basically damned to work low-end, low-wage, blue-collar job for the rest of their life, and that's just not yeah, true. Yeah, that always and, annoyed yeah. me when, like, a teacher would ask me if I plan on going to college, and I'd be like, I'm not sure. And they're like, you're not sure, but you have to go to college. Yeah, isn't that actually, that's actually, that disgusts me that that even happens, honestly. That's, that you know, you can absolutely make a ton of money and live a fine life without going to college. That they're, they're, you know, they're really, really screwing over a decade's worth of kids who are are going to be going and getting literally tens of thousands of dollars into debt for nothing, for literally nothing. And not going to lie, a lot of these colleges don't even teach you anything anymore because you, you number one, the standards are dropped so low for a lot of the um, academics. And even in your fields of study, they've been hijacked by people who are just not, they're not trying to teach you anything. They're not, they're trying to produce you to go out and, it's a, it's a terrible, it's a terrible, terrible thing. I, I really, really, that's going to be the first thing I, I change if I, when, when I'm in public services. I'm going to really try to tackle making sure that people when understand. When you're the president of the United States of America. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's really important, you know. That I, I think it's important that people are educated and as highly educated as they can be, but within reason and not not if it's in service of indebting them and indenturing them to a life of wage servitude, like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, that'll be... Y'all gotta vote for Julian when he's running for president. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna be... I'm gonna that'll be, be the I'm moment, that'll be the moment you learn his last name. I'm gonna avoid saying it, because that's bad. And that'll be the moment when he's running for president. I'll be like, now you finally know. The secret is revealed. The, the secret is revealed now that he's running for public U.S. office. <laughs> That's a good time to, to pull the cat out of the bag. Yeah, it's going to be um, it's gonna be cool. I, I'm, I'm going to have a different path than Charlie's going to have. Charlie is going to go on the traditional path to American leadership. He's a... Uh, He's a, a, a private school man. Julian's running a grassroots campaign. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a populist sort of candidate without even trying to be already. <laughs> um, you know, hot take, a random hot take. I feel like the age to be the president is a little too high. I think we get a little bit of a younger blood in there than like 45, whatever the fuck it is. It's, I don't think there's been a president at the actual uh, age minimum. It's 35. I, I, I don't think there's ever been anyone actually all that close to that. I think 35 is fine because I – I thought I it was 45. Older, 35 is okay. 
Yeah, if it was 45, I would probably be like, yeah, that's a little weird. 35, I think, is a good number, just because, like, I know that, like, for sure, as much as I would like to be, there's no way I should be the president of the United States at my age. I don't know anything. Like, I, I, I'm trying, but geez, I barely know anything. Can't, that's crazy talk. You can't talk like that. <laughs> that's you crazy, man. Like, You'd be a president wherever you want to be. Fucking Ian's like, I'm going to take over right now. Socialist civilization. Let's do it. Uh, it takes a long time to get the, you know, to get the perspective that you need to be able to even think about such things. Like, I, I think it's a hell of a thing that people, that young people are so strongly encouraged to have as, as powerful of political convictions as they're told to, because what the hell do, what the hell do we know? I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking, you know, as a relatively young person, I know I don't have enough life experience to be able to actually give the meaningful perspective on a lot of these subjects that I, that, and that doesn't mean that I shouldn't, you know, go out and vote and have my opinions, but I also am not stalwartly radical on a lot of things just because what do I know? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're so young that it's like there's still a lot you haven't seen, you know? Yeah, I haven't been married, had a kid, bought a house, got a mortgage, bought, you know, a new car. There's a billion things that impact the way I think, you I think we're slowly starting to pull Julian back in when he led with wife and kid. We're starting to pull him back <laughs> into the romance life. Maybe. No, it's kind of a... I don't know, Scent of a Woman always kind of also makes me realize that, yeah, I kind of would like that uh, that too. Because he, he is right. It is very nice to just, like, be able to have a person in your life. That there is, there is something to be said about that. Just wake up next to somebody. Like, even beyond just, like, the primal urges of a man, it's just, like, be able to have, like, a companion in life who you wake up next to every morning. Yeah, no, that was that. He he is right about that. That is actually a worthwhile dream. Good, good on you, Colonel Slade, because that's that is a worthwhile. It's you know, it it takes a lot of effort. And it if Colonel Slade can find love, Julian Schmulian can find love. I oh, I know I can. That's it's your, a matter your fake of last when. name, by the way. Do you like it? I worked hard on it, dude. Yeah, it's it's so close to the real one. <laughs> Schmulian. <laughs> It's a sneeze away. <laughs> um. Yeah. God. Yeah. If if Slade and she also not gonna lie, for Colonel Slade that was a, that was a catch he got there at the end. I'm like, damn, dude. <laughs> Look, I got I got a little bit of a thing for redheads, so yeah, definitely. She's oh, uh... who doesn't? Yeah, no, good on good on you. And I mean, you know, also it's Al Pacino we're talking about, so it's not like Al Pacino's like an ugly dude, so you know, it makes sense. But Al Pacino has like a harem of people, I'm sure, in real life. Oh, no doubt. Dude's a dude's a freaking legend. Al Pacino's got I, I wonder if he's married. I bet he is. Is he alive? <laughs> yeah, he's still alive. He's really old, but yeah, he's still alive. He uh he's got a weird like the picture I see of him on Wikipedia whenever I look him up, he's got a weird goatee and I really don't like his hairdo, so you know, eh, but he's alive. <laughs> his hairdo and his goatee means he doesn't deserve to be alive, but he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he is indeed still kicking. He he uh it sucks because I don't think he's made a great movie in a while. I'll occasionally see trailers for him in a movie that's like some stupid like crime thriller that gets like just slaughtered in review. 
Oh yeah, is he still doing movies as well? I didn't realize. Yeah, I'll occasionally see something out of him, um, like on you know some sort of advertisement. It, it, it usually looks stupid as hell, and I uh, he would no, he was also just in the Irishman, which I have not seen, and I don't have any interest in seeing. But he was in the Irishman, and and I'm sure he uh, he did very well in that. The Irishman. Yeah, I, I don't feel like watching another three-hour Martin Scorsese New York mob crime thriller. I, I feel like, you know, once you've seen a couple of those, you've seen them all. At least on the Scorsese part. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 at some point, there's kind of a theme. Yeah, like, obviously they're great. He's great. Martin Scorsese's extremely talented, but, like, come on. We, how many of these are we going to do? <laughs> All of them. We're going to do all of them. As many as they make us money. They got to bring back westerns, man. Those would be, those are cool. I, I feel like, I know that there were a bunch of those, too, and the market was pretty saturated with those, but westerns have got to make a comeback. By the way, just so you know, and just so the audience knows, in case I cleverly edit around it, as I plan to do if I can do so. Our previous recording did end in the middle of a sentence. I have confirmed that now. Oh, <laughs> darn it. <laughs> of course, I'm like, of course, in my brain, I'm jinxing it where I'm like, man, this is flowing pretty well. I might not even have to put this into the editor. And then we have two separate recordings. So now I fucking have to. So now I fucking have to. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Yeah. We uh did you see where we were at, like what we were talking about? I know because I didn't want to stop the flow of what we're doing now that long. I just That's know the last fair, yeah. I don't know if you had like amazing is, multitasking. The last thing is me go the last thing is me going, yeah, uh, and then like as I'm about to go into a point, it cuts off. Yeah, no, I didn't. I couldn't tell if you were just like had like killer multitasking skills and could be like, yeah, I also determined where we were at in this other separate conversation in the past. I, I was like, trying. I was trying to do that, like as you were talking about Scorsese, but all that I got was that it was the end of a sentence. Yeah, but overall, I'd give Good freaking uh, I'd give Sense of a Woman a solid ten out of ten, and I, I I really mean well no that's not true I'll give it a good nine and a half out of ten I don't want to say it was perfect because you know that's 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 a lot to claim but it was very damn good yeah Julian getting a little ahead of ourselves here we got to get to the the final proceedings of the show we have three three questions we must answer you just answered one of them on your own oh no way excellent so, the first of those questions is. Your favorite character. Oh, man, that one's an easy one. <laughs> it's Colonel Slade. Well, it's, of it's, course it's, it is. <laughs> yeah. I was almost expecting you to say Charlie, but then I'm like, no, of course it's Colonel Slade. Who, who wouldn't at that point? Yeah, no, like, Charlie's great, but yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's got to be him. Yeah, he's he's yeah, fantastic. I definitely agree. Same answer for me. And on the, the second question here, your favorite scene in the film? Ooh. 
All right. This maybe is a hot take, maybe not. I my favorite scene is the murder suicide almost scene. Um Ooh. I, 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 I so intense. So intense. And um yeah, Chris O'Donnell's performance in that scene, like I said, where he's just the the, the serious fear and there's like the silent tears streaming down his face with Al Pacino's just raw intensity. Yeah, it's, it's fucking incredible. That's got to be my favorite. Yeah, that's pretty good. I definitely could see that being a good. Um, as for me, I'm obviously much more into the comedy side of things. I'm looking. I'm looking to have a good time when I get into a movie. I can take some emotion every once in a while, but mostly I'm there for the goofs and the gaffs. And mm-hmm. um, there, were some, there were some pretty good goofs and gaffs. It's hard to choose. Uh, <laughs> there, that there were. Trying to think. It, might have, it, might, it was probably the monologue in the courtroom. Probably Frank Slade's monologue. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, that one, obviously. Yeah, it, it's it's got to be the most memorable scene. Which is, a, it's the perfect healthy mix of goofs and gaffs and actual emotion. That, that yeah. It's, it's, very, it's very funny while also being very serious. Like, I, I still laugh at that thing whenever I see it. Definitely. Um, and then, yeah, finally, just to reiterate, Julian already answered this question, but I'll answer it again. Uh, rating out of 10. <laughs> no, I'll, I I know that I already put it out there for nine and a half, but I'm I'm gonna amend my answer to nine point two five because I don't want to I don't want to like eliminate my ammunition for there to be better movies. <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely true. Um, for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always that kind of hard cop where like, in every show I do, where like I rate things, it's like it's very very difficult for me to give something a ten because then I'm like. At that point, I'm saying it's perfect, and that there's nothing that could possibly be better. But um, yeah, <laughs> this movie really did hit the areas for me. I legitimately enjoyed watching it, so I'll give it, I'll give it a nine point five. I'll give it pretty damn close to perfect. Nice, nice. I'm glad you liked it, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. So far, I've not shown it to anyone who's been like, "That was fucking terrible." <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I can't imagine somebody watching that movie and being like, "Gross, not good, bad." Yeah, no, it's not not likely there. It was a it's a piece of art, as they call it. Didn't you show Ginger and Adrian that movie fairly recently as well? I did. Yeah, I showed it to them a couple of weeks. They were both big fans of it as well, and they were both very skeptical as to. It in general, yeah, they were both like, I think this is going to blow, <laughs> and it did not. <laughs> I think this is going to be two hours and 37 minutes, we never get back. Yeah, no, exactly. That, uh, But they they were they were happy with it, too. I've, I've shown it to, um, uh, that would be, counting you now, it would be seven people I have spread the love of scent of a woman to. Everybody has given it glowing reviews. Well... To everybody out there listening, Scent of a Woman, highly recommend. There are eight I was going to try to get Ian to watch it as well and perhaps have him be here were he to be available, but then I kind of just forgot and it was a little short notice. So I was like, I won't bother Ian. It's fine. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty fair. It would be, it'd be like here, here's this movie to watch right now. Two hours thirty seven minutes. Here's this Go. movie to watch right now that you have to pay four dollars for. It was also the fact that um, I was gonna get it on like Voodoo or some shit. So like there was an account he could log into and watch it too. But then I ended up getting it in the PlayStation Store. There was no way for me to share that. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, they, he's just square screwed that he's going to have to rent it himself. <laughs> yeah. Renting movies, which is uh, now a thing I can do since I have money, which means that, that, that kind of opens up the door for this show in the future with Ian, since I had initially refused to do any any movies that weren't on Hulu or Netflix. I had no way to pay for them, and I didn't want to go on pirate websites. But I know Ian has no problem with pirate websites, and now I can rent movies. So now the doors are, the floodgates are open. Yeah, they are. We can finally talk about Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh God, that's what he wanted to. Because um, we 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 haven't started doing this yet because we keep like not doing the show for like a couple months, and then we'll like agree on a movie to come back back with. But, like, the rule is supposed to be that, like, every movie review, we just choose a movie and the other one's not allowed to say no. But initially, the barriers were it had to be available on Netflix or Hulu. So, like, I was pitching him a bunch of, like, anime shit because, like, because, mm-hmm. like, he fucking despises anime. He's not like you. He hasn't not seen anime. He's seen it and he hates it. And, um, <laughs> anime shit and, like, Power Rangers shit just to, like, one to fuck with them and two because I legitimately wanted to talk about those things on a movie review show and like he returned to me with like some ridiculous shit he found on YouTube it was like oh that was the second rule too because like if it was free on YouTube it was fine but I also gave the rule that it had to be a real movie because he <laughs> likes to pitch me some really weird shit that aren't real movies <laughs> yeah YouTube is full of that so, like, he pitched me some, like, Korean op- op- opera, and I'm like, show me, like, like the benchmark is it has to have a VHS or DVD or streaming release. So I was like, show me a VHS or DVD release. And he was like, doesn't exist. Okay, what about Fifty Shades of Grey? And I'm like, it's not on Netflix or Hulu. And then he got really pissed at me, and we he blocked me for, like, a month. <laughs> what? Fifty Shades of Grey is <laughs> worth blocking someone over. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, no, but it, I, it was I less. It, it was less the movie. That he want he was less that he wanted to see the movie and more he wanted to choose a movie to torture me since I was choosing so many movies to torture him. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah, that I have not, I have not seen Fifty Shades of Grey, but you'll have to. I'll, I'll be interested when you watch it to hear how it is. I've I've not watched <laughs> it, watch the movie that is known to be like quasi porn. <laughs> And what's funny is that Ian is, like, 14 years old, so I don't know why he wants to watch this movie so bad. I'm pretty sure it's, like... I mean, yeah, I think, I think it's more, like, porn for women, too. Like, quasi-porn for women. And, you know, if you swing that way, then that's cool, but the... <laughs> yeah, I assume it's gonna be... I assume the point is that it's gonna be torture for both of us, but we'll see if we ever actually get to it. Um, but speaking of other movies, I believe in our previous talks, we agreed to do three movies on this show before we perhaps move to another project, wink, wink, sneak preview. So we got to talk about what we're doing next time. Oh, dude, that's an interesting question. Do you have any, do you have any uh, suggestions? No, my initial thought, we had thrown a couple movies around, but my initial thought was that 
since you chose like scent of a woman and that was like your big movie I'm a big anime guy, and Julian has never watched any anime content in his life, apparently. It's true. Yeah, I have not. So I had pitched it. I had pitched this to you before, and you didn't seem too vexed by the idea for us to do on our second movie review adventure, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. I'll do that. Yeah, I'll watch that. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> Next time on the yeah, show, I'll... you you might have to rent it or find it on a pirate website. I don't think it's on Netflix or Hulu, but like I rented Scent of a Woman. So if you have to rent Battle of Gods, it's a bullet you're going to have to take. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I could do that. that would, I, I have literally never seen an anime, so it'll be a, an informative experience. Yeah, it's the, the thing about it is it's like it's hard because like a lot of, mo- a lot of animes are TV shows and the movies based on them assume you've already seen the TV show. I still think you could enjoy Battle of the Gods, but the kind of thing you have to realize is like everything that's there that's like weird, you kind of just have to accept because it's explained in a thing you haven't seen. <laughs> I could I could always suspend my disbelief. I can I can get into it. I bet. I hope. I hope. I usually think I can. Like the fact yeah, that they're, they're all, all hanging out. They're all hanging out with a weird fat pink alien. Just accept that. That's explained in the show. <laughs> All right, I'll just be like, okay, that guy's just their buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can accept that. I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty good at, at uh, suspending disbelief. I can just be like, okay, this is where we're at. <laughs> this is where we're at in this world. But yeah, I guess next time, hopefully within the next week or two, if things go well. But if Julian is anything like his pre-evolution, then I don't think it will. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully well, next time unless next time either way we'll see which one of the which one of the Ian forms I get first the net the two episodes that are currently in the pipeline are whatever mo- Swedish movie Ian wants to watch and Battle of Gods so one of those two will come next and hopefully pretty soon <laughs> dude hell yeah let's freaking do it so yeah, next time me and Julian are gonna watch Battle of Gods, and Julian's gonna be like, "What happened in any of this?" It's gonna be great. <laughs> like, I'm so, so... <laughs> he's so ready for it. Um, but yeah, man, we'll we'll make it freaking happen. But dude, thank you for having me on here. This is fun. Um, then thanks for watching the movie. I appreciate it. Of course, it was a great time. Great time was had by all. Indeed, indeed. That episode came out a pretty good length. I'm going to have to edit it a little bit to get around the fact that it just died randomly. <laughs> but. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, that's, I mean, yeah, it came out. For this good. episode of the Riley and Jewel Ian movie review podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hell, thanks, man. I'm going to boogie on over to eat some food. You enjoy your food, and listeners, we shall see you next time. Au revoir.